Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Amen. Remain standing. We're going to read the Word. Today finds us in a piece of text from a beloved Bible. It finds us in Acts 28. Verses 1 to 6. And it's Paul ashore on Malta, he says. He says, verse 1, Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. I would love to be in Malta today. (laughs) Then the islanders show us unusual kindness. Then the islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us, all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. Verse 4 reads, says, when the islanders saw the snake, maybe the snake was there before, but when they saw it, Hanging from his hand, they said to each other, I love the people that talk among themselves about you. Don't you? This man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess, justice, like it was a god, has not, that's an attribute. That's what he does and he is, but that's not a god. Has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effect. The people expected him to swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a God. Father, thank you for your word. And I ask, Lord, that you will manifest yourself beyond our human understanding, even my words, the way that we relate to the information, Father, will you saturate this place with revelation. We need your heart. We need your spirit. Our minds took us here. You inspired it, but we know it's not enough. We know that you are more than enough. Will you speak to us? In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe it? Do you want that? Make yourself comfortable. I'm going to stay standing and you can kick it off. If your feet don't smell, you can take your shoes off. Don't worry, we have the right amount of smoke and and incense for the ones that are not sure. It's okay. Today we're going to come out of the subject shake and stand. And as we stand today, we're going to have communion. We're going to celebrate baptisms this week. And this is, this is part of how we live. This is not only a special moment in, to, in the life of some, but this is, these are exciting times to be able to count ourselves among disciples, amongst people that actually are looking at God and saying, Lord, I might be looking in my natural, I might be looking at my situations in a certain way, but I know that you have more that I can understand. So will you inform me of what I'm missing? The best people 
are the ones that don't think they have it all clear. When we come into a text like this, that most of us that have been walking with God are very inspired by, and we have listened about sermons about it. You, we, have, we have maybe read it if we have done our math during the week. Maybe, maybe we are tempted to think, okay, what is it going to come out? What is new about this? But I want to invite you to, to come into a run with a man that was waiting for God, a man that knew how to wait. Around the world and in our own lives today, we find it so hard to wait. Not only in men that we see, but huh, that will be easy. But on God that we don't see. Sometimes we wait on religion. We wait on our righteousness. We wait on our neighbor to act the same way that we think they should be acting. Because remember, only you have revelation of the righteousness of God. And if they knew better, they'll be acting like you think they should. Or maybe you're honest with yourself and say, hey, if they talk to me, I'm lucky. And maybe we are have to go back to taking principles and values to the nearly core of life, to small details, and say, hey, I don't deserve anyone talking at me. And when I have someone coming at me and say, hi, how was your day? That's called privilege. That's not called my right. I remember when I was young, I was coming up, and I was warmer than I am today. Today I have to use hoodies and stuff. But you know what? I remember that there was no human rights. And now it's almost like a trend. I remember I would sing wrongly Bob Marley's song. You know, I was coming up in the gospel. You know, I became a Christian. I was just kind of like slapped by God in the midst of my walking. And I remember that Bob Marley would sing about, get up, stand up. Stand up for your rights. And you remember that very clear. Yeah, you got the Jamaican flag right there, you know. Oh, there you go. Girl, look at Bob. You know, he's making, he came to, he came to church. <laughs> I knew Bob would always, always come back to church. You know, I knew it. <laughs> look at Bob. But I remember when I was on fire for God. Maybe you find yourself in this situation. Maybe I am coming back to a fire. Maybe, maybe that's not what you have been living. But I'm thinking, maybe the world has made us in love with our rights. When Jesus came to defeat the righteousness of having a right, be careful there. Paul, how are you? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I love to see my brother. And as we, as we think about it, today we're in love with rights. And we're thinking about the rights of nations. We're thinking about the rights of children. We're thinking about that if we don't call them babies, maybe we can kill them. Maybe if we call them babies, it means that the law is different, so we call them fetus. Maybe if we call this a mandate, we don't think we have to even use our brains. And don't get me started. We can go all along. I mean, lately it has been a whole circus of how humans think we have to be deciding. If I consider myself a tomato tree, I can ask anyone else in this place to call me tomato tree. for thought but in midst of this bipolar completely divided unsecure there's a God that never changes and Paul was looking at something higher in the context of this Paul if you stay with me 
Paul the Apostle chose. Give me a sec. Paul, come on. Help me there. Paul the Apostle, not you. Paul the Apostle counted himself to be in chains for Christ. He has stood two years of trials. You know, you, you're going into marches today. We're like complaining about things. You know, ah, you didn't allow me to go into the mall without a mask. That'd probably be me. I'll probably break the rules until Amen. the police chose, <laughs> shows up and they're like, oh, and I have to give a testimony. So I'll just like put it underneath. But now we have a Paul that has been chasing down and in trials for two years. He has gone from governor to governor from province to province, from person in power to person in power, and all of them have passed him over and over and over to the next one because they couldn't find something wrong in him. But there was something that Paul was shaking off. It was his right to be physically free while the world was internally and spiritually bound. His aim was different. In a world today that preaches that we should be free, that tells us that we're entitled to physical freedom, we have a God that says, if you give me your physical freedom, I will give you spiritual freedom. This is the life. I love you. Bless Can I you. just give you a cuddle? Yeah. I've come to More than one. My Bless brother. You. I've come to you. Bless you. Power. And you're talking about Paul. Yeah. Take a second, yeah? I want to see you in the back. I'll see you in the back in the end. Okay, but maybe stay in the back so you don't interrupt, yeah? Is that okay? Respect for the rest. I love you. There you go. You can hear. Look. Who wants to sit next to Paul in the back? Just raise a hand right there. Look at that. There you go. Paul will be back in a second. So Paul was actually coming in. He was coming hot. Out of thinking, okay, I can have my freedom, what I understand as freedom, as I see others to have, or I can have a freedom that cannot be shaken from external factors. Because I have a mandate. God has entrusted him to actually preach to the Gentiles. The Gentiles were the ones that were not Jewish or people from a Hebrew background. So Paul was there in the midst of like, I could be free because I have done nothing and all of these governors and trials have proven me to be free and not guilty, but I can go all the way to what my assignment is. And today, this is what the Word of God, this is the portion of today, and if you are just staying with me for a minute beyond distractions, the portion of today is that, are you going to value the momentary or are you going to value what is your assignment? What is it you're going to choose? Are you with me? So we had Paul two years. Imagine, we had two years, consequently, about running around with laws that make no sense, and we all can make our own list of understandings, and, but that's, that's non-consequential. He had been from prison to prison and from trial to trial. We haven't been like that, although our houses look very small the last two years. And also, we have not been in the need of maybe considering us in the weight of a trial, like back in the day. Paul needed to decide if he was going to be free because being in prison back in the day didn't mean staying at home in your couch with Wi-Fi. It meant very different things. So see, we have a Paul 
on a pandemic moment where rulers have abused of their rights to decide when silence has reigned and whoever talks against the narrative has silenced anyone else and used power external to him to silence him. And he chose to go through that because his eyes were in a bigger price. And he said, I could be free. I could be free. If you don't believe me, before that, if you go to the Bible later, you can actually go for chapter 26 and you see it. In verse 32, it says that the governments, like the governments and the, and the people that were judging him, they just stood up in the midst of the last trial and they said, mate, we have not found anything wrong in Paul. He could be free, but he has appealed to Caesar. Paul had been called by God to go into the highest sphere of society, of influence in his time. Nowadays, things have gone more flat. There's more control in little heads. We are more divided, less connected, less communicating in the era of communications. There's more silence in between. But back in the day, one guy talked, everyone shut up. That's called communication. And I think we should go back to God talks, we shut up. That's called communication. And Paul was listening to the right voice at that moment. And we have played God too long, too far. And we have by the cookie of that we have freedoms that mean nothing when you talk about eternity. And Paul is in the midst of discerning the time. Should I give in? Remember, Paul is like you and me. He might have to go to the toilet every now and then. He feels fear. He's cold. We read it. They turn a fire on because they were cold. So this is not a bulletproof man that has no feelings. This is a man that is surrounding himself with the thoughts of God. He's basing his life. He's assimilating the facts through his assignment. So this is the context. A man that had an assignment. Assignment to Caesar. Caesar. Who's Caesar? It was not only an emperor. It's not only the president of the world nowadays. He's not the Rothschild. He's not the goldsmith or Goldschild or all that kind of stuff. This was the guy that was in charge. And if Caesar said, you lost your head, the next thing we will hear, it hit the ground. And Paul had an assignment to go and meet with this guy full of the Holy Spirit. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. God, lead us to be a church that in this season is full of the Spirit of God, that has the wisdom, not knowledge only of information. I want to have wisdom, and wisdom doesn't come by reading, but it comes by revelation. I want to ask questions. I want to own the question. I know who has wisdom because they are living it. If you think you know something, tell me if you're living it. That's called wisdom because wisdom leads us to obedience. There's no wisdom without obedience. That's called understanding information. Are you with me? Is this too heavy for Sunday? We go on a Wednesday if you want. We'll do an online course about it, you know. I'm joking, I'm joking. You can click, click off, hot spaghetti, you know, and come back. So his assignment had to do with what he chose. He chose not to be free on human circumstances, but to be free to complete his assignment. He was free for purpose, for assignment, not for walking onto the streets and being comfortable. 
He was assigned to influence, to influence the man that could actually have a virtue enough to talk over the lives, to decide over the lives of many. That was Caesar. A lot of Christians will have problem with that because we think that if the person is not talking in tongues, has been baptized 13 years ago, and has a ministry that has over 2,000 people, we don't listen. If they find you on the streets two weeks ago and you were drunk and now you're saved and preaching to everyone, a bit wild, but you're still there, we don't listen. See, we are righteous on our own terms, but God thinks very, very, very different. Paul was an assassin of Christians, and God found him on the way to kill even more. And at the moment he found Jesus, he said, Lord, you, rough on the edges, kind of temperamental, Paul was still deciding to follow Christ. I don't know what you're finding in your character, but Paul fought other things. I don't know what thoughts of what you've done kind of are still lingering around and the enemy's reminding you, but Paul fought with the thoughts of maybe having to see in the eyes of a Christian and killing them and now remembering that he came against Christ and the shame of doing the wrong in the face of a very loving God and disciples. So maybe what you have done is not that bad. I say that for you. That's your context, not this context only. So whatever you're struggling, there's a God, there's salvation, there's a context that says, I see you in a different light, and you don't have to measure up yourself through those things. Are you with me? So this is the assignment, influence. Influence for what? Thank you for asking. The freedom of many. Paul decided not to be free physically, so many will be free spiritually. Up to today, we're reaping of the enslavement and the slavery and the abuses and the prisons and the trials and maybe the midnight confusions of Paul. And because he went through them and he valued himself less than his calling, he valued the calling of God so much higher than his own life, that today we're having this conversation. He assessed life and he said, okay, you know what? I could go free now or many could go free tomorrow where it really counts. And as a church, God is building a church around the world, a congregation right here in Camden, in London. But not only us. I believe the Holy Spirit is blowing around the world with a spirit of assignment that is brushing out the dust of ages and self-comfort. That spirit of conforming to things is getting brushed out because God wants us to be really free. He was writing this from a place of trial and, and jail. And you and me are listening free to go and share about it. This is Paul. That's the context. And in the context, don't get me wrong, I usually give you context, and then I give you the Jews. But, hey, if you're wise, today you will listen. Because in the context, most of the time, there's, most, there's more Jews than in the little things I tell you. Hey, that sounds good in Instagram, mate. Before you wear the shirt, I want you to have revelation of the sacrifice. The context gives us the value of the sacrifice. 
He ends up in a boat. As we read, he comes into shore. He said he swam safely, safely on shore. But before being ashore, it means you were not in the shore. Just for the sake of information. So he was in a boat. And he was in a boat with at least 250, 270 some people. Different theologians, different. But 20 some people, more or less, you know, I think it's okay. There was a lot of people. So they end up. He ends up being going to Rome because he chose to continue his path to his assignment. And he was among other people that had not his own style of life. He counted himself a slave and he was counted as a thief amongst people that had broken the law. Although the juries had found him innocent, he wanted to stay. And I cannot even imagine the amount of conversations. I mean, this is the guy that would be in jail trapped against two armies like we're talking about 16 guards two in each side and the ones that surrounding him and he started like Jesus I surrender I surrender. see this is the guy so imagine if you're in the middle of the sea and and the waves are bashing against the boat and he started feeling a little bit insecure and he started talking Jesus, Jesus. Before he started worshiping, before he started like humming, mm, Jaira, you are enough. He says like there's a lot of wood, only a little piece of wood in this boat I can get to shore safe. There's so much wood. Maybe he was talking about what he would do when he would go to Rome and people were thinking, why are you here, mate? You could have been free. He said, but I don't need to be free out here when I'm free in here. I can talk about the freedom that actually takes to life. I don't need to be elsewhere. I am exactly where I should be today because I have a freedom that is stronger than my own days. That will prolong life more than my own heartbeat can do. I have Christ and I know that his crucifixion can take me further and that life is not of my own I got it by grace so I can give it by grace the world is needing a church like Paul I want to have at least a little bit of that spirit that was filling Paul with purpose aligning him with the assignment I don't know you I'm sick and tired with church as usual I want to see power that's the only thing that no religion can give power if you go you will have arguments from here to mexico and back and you have a taco in between maybe if you're lucky but what the world and no religion can give is what jesus can do is to transform a life like we have been transformed and that's what the world is looking for transformation love that transforms so he's in a boat like most people were prisoners and with a lot of difficulties. Paul didn't have control. I don't know if you're like others or you're like me, but some of us will never get into situations that we cannot control. We go into job lines that we can control. We go into relationships that we can control. I mean, you want to control how much money you have in your crypto or in your Oyster card. It depends. Depends on the day. It fluctuates. <laughs> but see, 
Paul had no control. He made himself a slave. And we're talking about more than a big amount of text. We're talking about a spirit that drove this man to stand in front of the times and the tyrants like we are today, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom and the spirit of sacrifice had found him in him a space to operate. So he had no control and things got dangerous. And the fourth point and last on the context, I don't want you to mix all these things. I want you to have one. First, it was actually the years that he stood and what he chose. So that's the first one. The second is the assignment. It had to do with to Caesar and to influence and to the freedom of others. The third one, it was the context physical. He was in a boat in the middle of a storm, 270 plus people, and things got dangerous and he was not in control. And fourth, this man was full of favor. See, you and me think that if God really likes us, we will have no difficulties. See, we have been taught by situations, external situations, that if God really likes you, and this is religion, and sadly, it has gone into the church. It has gone into the family. If God is with you, you have no difficulties. See, everyone will like you, and everything you do will be fine. You will never fail. And Jesus never got to the cross then. So I beg to defer that maybe he found that there was a deeper a deeper well into him, a favor that cannot be compared to the things outside, that he didn't have to see where the wind was going to see if he was favored of God. He just needed to listen and obey. Fourth point of our context, he was a man that was in favor with God. But don't get it wrong. In verse 27, in chapter 27, verse 42, it says that the soldiers that planned to kill the prisoners, just before they arrived to island, they were in a storm. The storm had driven them to take all sorts of matters and positions and, and, and choices. And Paul had said to them, don't do any of them. And because of that direction that Paul had received from God, Everyone was saved. So he was not only in favor with God, he had fallen through the situations that were adverse, a storm. Everyone is about to die. Everyone freaking out. Everyone, like we would say here in London, like headless chickens, you know, running around the boat, throwing the grains, throwing the stuff around. Paul had found favor with men because he stayed listening and obeying. He said, Lord, you didn't let me go through those trials. You didn't let me go through those situations in life. And maybe you can start putting your own trials today in the same board, in the same storm, because we are all in one storm or the other. I don't know your size or your kind of storm, but we all are in a storm. We're all in a place that we have no control, that we could have chosen differently. But if God has allowed it, he must have purpose purpose beyond our age and our knowledge and our wisdom. We just need wisdom of God to see it and to take the most out of it. Are you with me? So this man has favor and honor from God and from men. This man is actually leading by instructions of heaven. And because of that, because of the investment of heaven in his mind, in his heart, in your mind, 
And in your heart, people around him got saved. The, 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 the centurions around him, they wanted to kill people just because they would escape. And if one of them would escape, they will have to die. So they said, we killed them. Whatever. They're just slaves. They're prisoners. They have no value. That was the real context of being a slave and a prisoner to the Roman government. Imagine like that was you and me today. Kill whatever. I'm looking this way. I'm not even looking. Jesus. And we don't put our lives in the line. But Paul looked for insight and wisdom, and he gained through the inside of heaven, even through his own doubts and fear, he got insight. He got insight from God. As he was actually kind of like scared, God wanted him to stay courageous. And it says, you know, that an angel of God came. And this is in verse, verse 23 of chapter 27. He says, last night an angel of God, whom I belong to, his property, he's a slave, not to the people that have him on the boat. He's a slave to the principles and values and the character of God. And whatever God says I am doing, my freedom it has no worth if I am not free in God. See, this is reality. Human rights have nothing on the freedom of God. And it said that last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve. I don't only belong because we love belonging. I love, I belong to God. Who are you? I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Do you serve God? Put for thought. Ah, this angel stood by me. He stood by me. Just so sassy, you know what I mean? He was saying, I don't only believe and I only belong, but I serve this God. And this angel stood by me. He stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. It means that Paul was afraid. And I don't know what you're afraid of, but, you know, let's make it simple. You, you cannot, you cannot, and you shouldn't try and it's worthless to, to, don't fake it. In seasons like today, we don't have to fake it. Whatever lack we have, if it's lack of courage, lack of health, lack of anything, God can stand beside you. If you have a heart to listen, if you have a heart for wisdom, if you have a heart for intimacy with God, I don't care what damage has been done to you or to your boat, what storm are you in? What need is so premier in your life? God stands next to you. There is a promise. Because remember, you were filing, you were, you were finally free. See, you were looking for assignment, not for human freedom. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must, you must, you must. It's not if you like, you must. It's not if you're okay with it. Mm, it doesn't matter what, you must. Dirty word, 222. You must stand in trial. Another one? I mean, I've been two years. Are you not bored of me praying the same prayers when I got scared at the same moments of the trial? Because I don't know you, but I know people, and I, you know, yeah, it took me a lot of stuff to actually not be scared of the darkness. For example, I needed to kill a lot of plants once. You know, there was, for, for, thought, for a moment. I lived next to um, a builder's warehouse, and it was a difficult neighborhood, right? 
And um, there was a little gap between my house and the next property, right? It was like a little hallway. And behind us, this massive lot of, of materials for construction that were very expensive were there. So I remember that we were living on the second floor of my grandma's and my, my parents' house, you know. And um, because we're in the Caribbean, we, we don't have, you know, uh, we just open our windows. Let's say like that. And in that moment, we didn't even have heating for our water, so we were free. And, um, and I remember I was sleeping, and I would hear the people that were coming to steal in the back garden. Through the back garden of our house, they would jump into this depot. And um, I remember I was selling chocolates for school. And uh, in one of the houses that I went to sell chocolates, I was watching this kind of horror movie. And at the moment, I like, ding dong, literally with my mouth. Um, they had a screen door, and I say, ding dong, and I could see in. So I, I watched some scenes of the movie, you know, and I watched the most horrible things of Jason. Um, oh, God. And uh, I was just trying to sell chocolates, you know. And all of a sudden, I remember that after that sale that went really well, they bought the whole box, you know. I went home really happy, my envelope, little heavy envelope, you know what I mean? I went home, and in the middle of the night, someone came through our garden to go to the depot. But that night, I was fed up because I was more afraid than ever. And sometimes, we escape from being afraid. But sometimes, we've got to ask God how to react when we are afraid. Paul kept his horses online. But how do we keep ours in this time? See, if we're going to talk about shaking it and stand, Paul had already gone through difficult things. He had shaken several things. The first, his personal interest. He was able to shake what the times demanded that he would like for the sake of what God wanted him to overcome. So if we are real disciples, we're not called to be a congregation. We're called to be a group of believers that gather together, that have the privilege to worship together because the times are great. So we are not a comfortable little group of people, kumbaya. We are a congregation that is looking for a way to break into our community, to break into the storms that others are having, and bring that word, that wisdom, that hope that carries us. That hope that has actually carries us to even overcome our personal interpretation or our own needs. Because there's something bigger. Second, he shook in that moment when the angel came. He was able to shake the external situations. He shook his internal. And then he, he took strength. And he was able to shake the storm away. Not only for himself. He had the favor of God not only with his life, but he had the favor of God coming into through his life to the people that were around him. So he was able to shake the external circumstances, the pressures of this moment. Get up, stand up. But what if Jesus would sing it differently? Give up all your rights. Oh, get up, stand up. I already won the fight. Oh, get up, stand up. 
What if we had such a peace that we'll be able to stand in times of trial and the peace of God was helping us for rights that were more than human, that will preserve flesh and feelings, but they will preserve the spirit. Maybe Bob had a great interpretation of one part of who we are, but if we talk about in the spirit, we needed Jesus to come and walk us all the way straight into that tabernacle that says you have eternal life. Your life is not your own. Christ in us, the hope of glory. What if, what if we will not be so in love with our rights externally that we will forget that our biggest right is to see the assignment given to us completed. What if? What if, if our community would suffer the consequences of having people like you and me walking our streets full of hope, full of understanding, in the middle of their own storms, but saying, I've seen a God that can actually take me through them. And it could be that they will believe that your favor can actually permeate into your community, into your family, into your group of friends, that maybe you say, my family will never, will never think like this. But God says, put me to the test. I am the God of Moses. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Israel. I am the God of Jacob. Jacob, the liar, the <laughs> Mr. Liar. So maybe we need a revelation of who's the God of Jacob. And Paul was in the midst of his knowledge, but also in his wisdom. And he was on his way to Malta. So that's our context. And for the last three seconds that we're going to have this. Because context builds us up. And then God breathes into us. And he gives us direction. He got into the island. Paul, surprisingly, unusually, was welcomed with the rest of the people. The people did a fire. I don't know if you have you built a fire for two people, three people? How big was that? Because they were hanging out on the two somethings, you know? There was 270 people in that boat, 250 something, plus the people of the island. And they were so, so like, it was so cold and it was raining that they built a fire. So I think that fire was quite big. I mean, think about it. Maybe you think it was like a little match and it was a little branch. I mean, maybe you have a very romantic view that they were like, you know, like warming their hands, you know, and stuff like that. I'm talking about Paul was serving in the midst of a great need. A great need. He had come from great things. God had used him, but still serving. The rest of the people, I don't know what they were doing. And we don't know. It's not written in the Bible. But we know that what matters, matters. You and me are serving and creating a fire for others to warm up. It doesn't matter what we have gone through. We don't put our legs up and just kind of look at vacations. You know what I mean? We're not looking for jet life. We're looking for, for us to be that person that builds a fire. And while you're doing that, and remember this, every time you're building a fire to help others, community, hear me right. Congregation, hear me right. Believers, disciples, hear me right. Every time you're building something 
to help others, there's going to be a snake that jumps out. Why? Because you're helping. Why? Because it was the heat. Why? Because your actions will carry repercussions. Why? Because God is using your repercussions to bring a stage of mercy for others. Paul was there. He was in the midst of his repercussions, but he had become a stage. And through his action, he was building stages for others to know what God is about. That was not only rules. That was not a distant God. It was not mythology. He was a God that was so present in the need, in the storm. And when he had always done, will always bring more clarity. And that's what Paul was doing. But a serpent jumped out. Jumped out. I don't know if you have, have you ever been attacked by a serpent? Food for thought? No. Okay. It's quite funny. I've seen videos. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. In Puerto Rico, they're not poisonous. So I've been attacked, but it, it, ah, you freak out, but then nothing happens. So it's okay. It's just a little bit of sting, and that's it. But Paul was serving the others. He was doing the right thing. And sometimes we think, if I'm doing the right thing, nothing bad is going to happen to me. You know those thoughts, if I'm going to church, I'm giving my offerings, I'm actually moving the right way, I'm talking what God wants us to do, I'm actually coming up, you know, and I'm going hot at the gospel, and everyone knows in my street, in my line, in my family, in my friends, that Jesus is the Savior. I'm going to church every Sunday. Why would it happen to me? Maybe you're turning up a fire that is very warm, and the enemy is going to jump at you. Don't be so naive. That you forget that although you're surrendering all your rights in your internal, there's an enemy that is in the external that is looking for you. Because you are the one that carries that, that brings that fire higher and closer, higher and closer. But we're not going to shrink back in this season. We're bringing a fire closer and higher. We're going to bring it nearer to the people. It's going to warm up their life. It's going to warm up their situations. It's actually going to bring some light in the midst of their storms. Yes, it is. Even in the midst of what we don't know and we are not in control. But he shook it off. So he didn't only shook off like the perceptions and his internal things and doubts. He shook also the external things and the storms and the circumstances, the pressures. But he also shook off the strange voices. How do you know they were talking about him? We just listened to it. It says that they, they said, wow, these people got saved. Wow. And then he got bitten. Wow. He must be a murderer. He escaped from the sea, but justice, God is, God is justice. Like anyone believes in her anymore. God, help us. Oh, God, his justice just got him. And Paul, we're like, after you've been wrecked, a little snake? Just put your mouth like this. You know when you, like, because you criticize me, but you put the same face in the mirror if you were going to look at the same thing. You know when, like, you're trying to do something in your eye, and you're like, why do you open your mouth? I don't know. We all do. So, 
do with me? But be real. Like, just shake it off. You know, like, you're not like, You're not condescending, like, off you go. No. And he's like, okay. That's real life, yes or no? See, when something comes against you and you were doing the right thing, and sometimes you say, God, what? And on the middle, you're praying, you're like, oh, I'm about to kick it as well. You know what I mean? I'm praying, but I'm going to kick it. If you save it, it's up to you. Paul shook it off. And this time, you might have to be shaking circumstances, situations, perceptions, understandings. You know, remember, understanding is the truth that you stand under. Maybe it's not your understanding, but it's the understanding of the people around you. Maybe you understood a kingdom that was not the one that God called you into. Maybe you had to put a face onto it. But God said, if you actually cling from my grace and my mercy and my cross, and if you know that I love you beyond measure and I can stand with you, it doesn't matter the storm. It doesn't matter your need. It doesn't matter what you perceive. If you're choosing for my freedom, not the freedom of the world and how it can provide, if you're choosing for my peace and on the peace of the world if you are choosing for me maybe Paul was thinking about that Christ that he met on his way to Damascus and he was saying and he just kept on putting more he said you can attack me once or twice but no weapon formed against me can actually prosper I have seen this and done that and if he didn't kill me when he could and if he has used me when I shouldn't be used I know that this snake has no plan in my plan it has no purpose on this purpose I am assigned to go to Caesar I could have died a long time ago church we have no rights of being here we have no rights with the freedom that we have. We have been bought by the man that gave all his rights. So you and me could be here. Easy, I beg to defer. Sacrificial. It was through sacrifice that he shook his personal life. It was through a miracle and direction that he shook the environment and the perception of others. And it was through this presence of God and his faith of going to do what he had to do that he shook the strange voices worship team you can come back I believe that God is calling us to be that church that can shake that can shake the different things that are going to meet us in the ground that are meeting us in the meat of what we're living we're trying to reconstruct financially our country the countries around the world are in the same situation. We're trying to reconstruct our even ability to relate to others. So many people are calling psychiatrists, psychologists, because they cannot relate. They cannot be in big groups. They are afraid. We might be reconstructing our finances or our health. Maybe you have long COVID, short COVID, middle COVID, I don't know COVID. Whatever we call it nowadays. Maybe flu, yeah. Maybe you have doubts that you never had before, but the scenario has changed so much. Maybe you are new to faith and you don't know how to walk with Christ, but Christ is saying, if you believe me and if you follow me and if you surround yourself with the right voices, not strange voices that today are going to adulate you and bring you up. Oh, wow. He was safe from the storm. Oh, he got beaten. He must be a murderer and God is against him. If you surround yourself with the truth that is Christ, with the people that are looking at Christ, that are surrendering 
their rights that are living in sacrifice for the, for the assignment they have been given. And they're willing to put their lives in the line to shake a couple of serpents along the way. Maybe you would see the glory of God. Today, God has invited us to shake it off. To shake what has been in us. Maybe through your faith, you have been walking in things that someone else in your generations, the generations before you had done. Maybe it has been a generational temptation or sin. Has been a pattern that you're coming against. The gospel is more than enough. Maybe you're, you are going to be able to shake that one, but maybe you are drawn to what people want around you. Maybe the storms around you, maybe you have an understanding of God. You are like clean. I don't know if everyone dies, but I know I'm getting into the shore. I don't know what shore, but I'm getting into the shore. Maybe you are there. And God is saying, no, no, I want you to use the influence I'm giving you to be able to bring hope that no one would be lost around you. Maybe that's you. Maybe there's another one or a few of us that are saying, you know, in the midst of this, I've gone through so much and now I'm facing this situation. And he came out of the blue. I was doing the right thing. I've been walking with God. My faith had been solid. I've been giving offerings to the poor, to the church, to this and to that. I've been not looking at the wrong things and I've been not talking about the wrong things and I've not been thinking about the wrong things. But still, I got bitten. I don't know where this meets you, but I know there's a God still stands with us he stood in the storm he stood in the trial and he stood next to the fire why because he wants us to do the same he wants us to stand for the freedom of many see Paul was saved not because he was great not because he was special none of us are different all of us are fallen and it's just only by Christ that we stand. We are the righteousness of God because of Christ. Not because of our own means. So all of this was just to explain that today he's calling us to stand. That he sees the things that we have to shake off. And I think through this story you could probably find what he means from you. What he wants for you. What he's underlining in you. What he's directing you for. God wants us to stand. And stand aligned to a purpose. Because it means the freedom of many. Let us not think that this is what we're only called to. This is a privilege, yes. This is amazing, amazing, amazing. But we were called to celebrate today and every week what we have seen God do every other day of the week. How many, how many met Jesus through us? The salvation through the storm, the direction in front of difficulty. And our ability to shake what could not define us. So today, 
this is the word of God. If you feel comfortable, I want to invite you to stand. Because I believe God wants us to be stronger in the way that we stand. The way that we stand. The way that we shake things off. God doesn't want us to be wrestling with things and seeing how we can shake things off. He wants us to go to Him. How He wants us to shake our internal battles and storms, the external circumstances and the wrong voices around us. How does He want? Because our portion is to be able to stand for the freedom of many. There where you are, if you believe this message is for you, I want you to put your right hand in your heart. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, as a congregation, as your people, Lord, we come. We thank you for your spirit in this place, for your peace, for your understanding, your revelation, Lord. We thank you. And we ask, Lord, that as we walk this week, as we're able to think above our need, as we're able to shake off, as you have taught us today, Lord, everything that stands in the way, Father, that we will get to know you better. What good it is for us to go through storms and criticism and objections, even to stand in trials and be lucky if we didn't get to know you better. So, Father, let not on us be a religious bone. We are not satisfied with this. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And you know we're thankful. But, Father, let this week show the circumstances around us, our life, our thought life, who our God is. We ask for your power, for your presence, Lord, for your wisdom. Surround us up with your word, Lord. Give us fear of yours, Lord. Feel that, that fear that leads us into take the right decisions at the right time. To take a sidestep when that trail that comes for us is not the wisest one, Father. Jesus, manifest yourself. I pray, I pray for my brother and my sister, Lord. I pray for their peace in the midst of this week, Lord. Father, in the midst of hearing the storms of others and other nations, Lord, we say we believe you, Lord. Father, we stand, Lord. Keep us aligned with our assignment. Keep our community with their hearts open. Lead us into be that person, into be that congregation, that person that comes through their week and leads them into knowing you. We bless you. Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanger.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.